Good evening. Today is Tuesday, the 9th of November. In the name of Jesus, we welcome you to the study of Daniel. And uh, please join us in a word of prayer. Holy Father, after some absence, we pray that you would be with us, that you would guide us, lead us. Give us an extra measure of your Holy Spirit that we may understand the treasure that is written in this book and how it can keep us in the storms of life and to deal with the ups and downs that we face. Just like Daniel, our life is not perfect. We may not be thrown to the lions physically, but we are being persecuted for the sake of the kingdom. Bless our study, keep our minds sharp, and let your Holy Spirit be the teacher tonight. To that end, hear us and be among us. For the sake of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Um, again, a, a refresher on the book of Daniel and how helpful it is for us to understand the great benefits that we have in this book. Um, so here are some thoughts that might help you. The book of Daniel is a fascinating, fantastic, and fabulous book in all of its facets. In it, we read of Daniel. He was exiled from Judah to Babylonia. He came from primo-Israelite stock, that is noble, well-educated, handsome, full of knowledge and insight. He was a man competent on all fronts, and you can look at it again in Daniel. As such, Daniel was selected to receive a first-rate Babylonian education so that at the end of three years, he and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, could serve the king of Babylon in his court. Remember well what Romans 8.28 state, which is this, for we know that in all things God works for good and for, um, for our good and for his glory. And remember also that Moses was raised where? In the best of the Egyptian homes and was educated similarly to like um, Daniel. So we have a repetition of things kind of going on. Daniel was also one to whom God profound message about the people of Israel in it is a biblical reference to the resurrection, a final judgment, and an afterlife. It also speaks about a period of great anguish and deliverance for all of those whose names are found written in the book. How in keeping with God's character this is, and this is the whole scripture. The scripture is a message of rescue and deliverance. People fall, people go away, they disobey God, they cry out, God comes and rescues and brings deliverance. And of course, ultimately, the greatest deliverance comes through Jesus Christ. Even in the middle of all the upheaval taking place in these long ago centuries, God does not forsake his people. He will not forsake his people even today. It is very helpful to realize no matter what kind of suffering uh, any generation of Christians go through, we are no different and we will experience the same. And so this message speaks to us today, as clearly as it did to Daniel and those who would listen. When times are bleak and nations are warring against each other, when it's hard to discern just who our allies and enemies are, God is here with us. 
When persecution increases, when hatred and malice become commonplace, God shows that he watches over our lives and our eternal futures. And, you know, if you look at our world today and what is happening today, it's not much different than it was at the time of Daniel. We don't have um, uh, cages with animals to be thrown in, but persecution among Christians. And I just gave my leaders of the church a specific book called Though Trials Come. All my elders got one, and my um, chairman got one. And it talks about the persecution that really has arisen in the United States of America. And then um, remember also what the, Paul, what the Apostle Paul said in Romans uh, 12.1. How many of you guys know that? Romans 12.1 Live your life as a living sacrifice to God. That's the whole idea. And then verse 2, that's verse 1. And verse 2, don't be conformed to this world. And so that's a challenge uh, for us because we want to kind of fall into um, into the norm We don't want to stand out. We don't want to take a position. We want to go along to get along. But that's not what we are called to do. You know, the the Lord says through Paul um, to give our life as a living sacrifice. And, of course, sacrifices are always what? Something that you offer to God. So he wants us to offer that. And then second part of that is don't be conformed to this world. And that's very important for us. Uh, to do so. How do we do this? Through the sacrificial life, death, and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, in devil-trampling victory, Jesus reigns over all in heaven and earth. Uh, Nothing we experience, no matter how awful or upsetting, is beyond his concern for us. Please underline those words, because sometimes we think God is so far and so distant from us He's not really involved in our life, but he is. When persecution, um, excuse me, uh, yeah. Uh, In faith, we are his, and he will lead us through whatever would test that faith. Be it a fiery furnace, a den of lions, pandemic, political upheaval, or the crisis you are facing today. In John chapter 10, Uh, Jesus gives this wonderful promise. No one can snatch his children from his hand. And then he gives the affirmation a second time around, and no one can snatch them out of my father's hands. So there is double uh, wisdom and double, double blessings that are given there from John chapter 10. And it's in the latter chapters of chapter 10. No strangers to life's difficulty, twists, and turns. Like Daniel, the apostle Peter knew God would be there for him, too, protecting him unto eternal life. And that's from 1 Peter 5.10. And what a wonderful encouragement. Suffering is part of the curse of sin. As Paul reminds us, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And again, if you look at uh, Romans 5, 1, it talks about the affliction, what it will do, the suffering, how it produces perseverance and patience and hope and life. 
Afflictions will come, but God will be by our side to uphold and sustain us as he did in the past with Daniel and others. Again, what a wonderful encouragement. You see, that's what God does. He keeps our names safely in the book of life. And that is indeed truly uh, a great blessing for us so that we might remember when we are being faced with the troubles of life, we ask the question, where is God? And if you are honest, every single one of you have asked that same question because we think God is so distant from us. The people of Israel did it. Moses did it, David did it, Elijah did it, everybody does it. And so it is very helpful for us to reflect on that. And I thought it would be very helpful for this refresher to be shared with you. And that, uh, again, um, to give thanks for what we have in the promises through the scripture. And that is really the whole idea of this. So... Uh, We are in our study uh, of uh, chapter 6, as we have gone before, uh, and look at the title in this chapter, God's faithful servant Daniel is rescued from death. And of course, every chapter, which is the great teaching that Luther gave to us, there's always the law. And there is always the gospel. And that's the teaching that we really need to learn, to appreciate, because the law always tells us where we have failed, what we need to do, and what we should have done, and how we have disobeyed God in doing that. And then the, the gospel, of course, is what Christ did. So just for help and for benefit, you guys can read, but I think it's very important that you, you comprehend the depth of this law. The major emphasis of chapter 6 is on the first and third commandment of God. First, there's no other God before you. And third, to keep the Sabbath day holy. Okay, those are the two commandments we are discussing here. While Daniel is not required by Darius' decree to worship a particular God, Daniel is forbidden to pray to his God, the only true God. And I don't know how much longer before our country will be facing the same things. Uh, I know some of my colleagues on the East Coast that um, have really struggled because they've had police in their parking lots and you can't hold churches during the COVID. Literally, they had police in the parking lot. I don't know if Chad said anything in Fort Wayne, but further east, Atlantic District, they literally, Pennsylvania, they would have five or six uh, police cars uh, in areas. They just said that you could not have um, worship service or you can't meet or you're going to be penalized or whatever. So we are blessed in this place. So how soon this is going to be, I don't know. Whether we, whether we will see it in our daytime or not, I don't know but we're not very far from really going back to first century persecution that was going on before. The freedom that we had and we have cherished for over 240 some years is slipping quickly from our hands. the, The government is not favorable as the founding father established it, but that's beside the point. Whether we get there or not, I don't know. 
Daniel could have avoided any accusation by simply not worshiping God for a month. However, Daniel knows God as the only source of life, forgiveness, comfort, and aid, which leads and draws him to prayer three times a day. He could not give this up. For the reader, Daniel 6, they are reminded a believer must never neglect worship in order to try to avoid persecution. And this is so profound. We ought not to stop gathering together because gathering together is how we get God's gifts. Okay? Neglecting to worship God is as much a denial of the true God as bowing down to idols. And I would like you uh, to take a moment and somebody read for me Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, please. Somebody would be so kind to read that. Matthew chapter 10. And it's very helpful to let the gospel, <coughs> the scripture speak, I should say. Whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Thank you. And so it is very important for us to understand God wants us to live in this world, but not to be part of it. So our lives should be a reflection of our connectedness to Christ, both in baptism, through his word, the Lord's Supper, and specifically in worship, okay? And so this is really important for us to do. The gospel, from the hands of ruthless men, Daniel is rescued, okay? Within Daniel 6, there are many parallels between Daniel and Jesus, and we'll talk about that here shortly. Both regularly pray. Both are maliciously accused and entrapped. Both are accused by an unruly crowd of violating the law. Both are eventually condemned to death by the ruler who desires to set them free, but gives in the demands of the crowd. Both are said to have trusted in his God. Both have a rock placed over the opening with a royal seal. At dawn, there are those who hurry to the pit. Um, both emerge alive. Um, Daniel, who served the living God and the risen Jesus, who is himself the living one, the rescue of Daniel from death points to the eternal salvation one for all by Jesus' suffer. Um, should be suffering, death, and bodily resurrection. Salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Um, when I take uh, people on my tour, and Patsy has been there, uh, there is a place right in Caiaphas' uh, house that's still in part of today. There is a dungeon down on the bottom where Jesus was in. And we used to be able to do it, uh, let somebody stay down there and shut the lights off. Pitch dark. I mean, absolutely pitch dark. And then they, 
it wasn't on my group, but another group that was there, they put somebody there and they freaked out. So freaked out that the government of Israel and the tourist department said, we cannot do this. So you'll have to have some sort of a light, but you literally go down to the pit. And I have a man from Sioux Falls. He said, Nabil, when I was down there and we turned the lights off, I began to cry thinking my Lord was here for those, all those hours, mm -hmm. suffering, isolation, despondency, loneliness, all by himself in that pit of despair. And of course, if you think of Daniel, where was he all night? In the pit of despair, those hungry lions about to devour him. And so if you look at this, I'm not going to go through all of these. You can do that on your own as far as the timeline, the chapter, all of these. So let's go through <clears throat> the um, um, scripture reading uh, and we will go through it, and um, I'll read it, and then we will begin to discuss a little bit more. It seemed good to Darius, Cyrus, to set over the kingdom 120 satraps who would be throughout the kingdom. Over them would be three overseers, Daniel was one of them, who would be the one to whom the satraps would give a report and the king would not suffer any loss. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the other overseers and satraps because an outstanding spirit was in him. So the king intended to promote him over the entire kingdom. One question I will ask right here. What set Daniel apart from everybody else? Why, what do you think that sets Daniel apart from everybody else? What do you think? Being a Christian and having a Christian spirit. Okay, and meaning what? You no, are correct. Right versus wrong and always doing the right thing in God's eyes. Not That's the point. He was serving God more than he was serving the king. If we do things because we want to look good in the eyes of people, we are being fake. Daniel was not fake. Daniel was real. Because first and foremost, he was serving God. And when you serve God, you can't go wrong. I remember, you may laugh now, but when I was in the painting business, I literally would go in to a house. Let's say I was doing Michelle and Ben's house. So I'm painting, doing wallpaper. I would pray, Lord, I'm working for you today. You are my boss. Make sure my work is beautiful. That would be my prayer when I went to someone's home because I was trying to do things for God, not for Michelle and Ben. But that as it is. Then the overseers and satraps kept seeking to find an accusation concerning Daniel with regard to the kingdom. However, they were unable to find an accusation or corruption because, here it is, he was trustworthy and no neglect of duty or corruption could be found concerning him. Then these men said, we will not find concerning this Daniel any accusation unless we find something against him in the law of his God. Boy, don't you see this as the same accusation they did with Jesus? Then these overseers and satraps came as a crowd to the king and said this to him, Darius, your majesty, may you live forever. All the overseers of the kingdom 
the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, advised the king to establish a statue and to satisfy a decree that whoever prays a prayer to any god or person for 30 days except to you, your majesty, he will be thrown into the pit of lions. Now, excuse me, now your majesty, please establish a decree and sign the document that cannot be changed in accord with the law of the Medes and the Persian that cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew the document had been signed, he went to his house. It had open windows on its, uh, on its upper story facing Jerusalem. Three times each day he would kneel on his knees and pray, offer praise before his God, just as he had been doing before this. These men came as a crowd and found Daniel praying and seeking favor from his God. Then they came and said to the king concerning the decree, Your Majesty, did you not sign a decree that any man who prays to any god or man for 30 days except to you, Your Majesty, would be thrown into the pit of the lion? The king answered, Certainly, the matter is like the law of the Medes and the Persians that cannot be revoked. Then they answered the king, Daniel, who is from the exiles of Judah. This is to remind us by the narrator. He's a foreigner, but in high position. Does not pay attention to you, your majesty, not to the decree that you signed. Instead, three times a day he's praying his prayer, prayers. Then the king, when he heard this, uh, when he heard his master, um, was very upset about him, and he set his mind to save Daniel. Uh, think of the, uh, this one specific verse like Pilate, right? Pilate said, I don't find anything wrong with him, right? Just keep that in mind. So until sunset, he worked hard to rescue him. Then these men came as a crowd to the king and kept saying to the king, understand your majesty, that is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that every decree or statue that the king establishes cannot be changed. Then the king spoke, and Daniel was brought and thrown into the pit of lions. The king said to Daniel, May your God, who you serve, continually save you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the pit. Again, you can see Jesus. And the king sealed it with his signet ring and the signet ring of his nobles, so that nothing could be changed with regard to Daniel. Then the king went to his palace. He spent the night without food, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then at dawn, the king arose in the daylight and hurriedly came to the pit of lions. As he came near the pit, he cried out in a troubled voice. The king said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, your God whom you serve continually, was he able to save you from the lions? And Daniel spoke with the king, Your majesty, may you live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lions, and they have not hurt me because he found me innocent before him and before you. Your majesty, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very glad and said for Daniel to be brought up from the pit. So Daniel was brought up from the pit, and no harm was found in him, because he trusted in his God. 
The king spoke, and these men who maliciously accused Daniel were brought and thrown into the pit of lions, they, their children, and their wives. They had not reached to the bottom, they had not reached the bottom of the pit where the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the people, nations, languages that dwell in the entire earth, may your peace increase. From me is given an order that throughout my royal domain, people should continually tremble and be afraid before the God of Daniel. For his is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed, and his dominion is eternal. He, he saves and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, as he saved Daniel from the hand of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius, that is, during the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. Okay. Uh, how many similarities? I mean, we talked about two between um, Jesus and Daniel. What can you, from your memory or your own personal study of Scripture, that you can highlight that you would think of as far as the similarities between the two? And there's, of course, similar, there are some that are not similar at all. Can you think of any? I highlighted two for you, right? You actually highlighted three. Which which is the third? While you talked about the pit. Communicated the pit, the stone. Um, people like hurriedly going in the morning. Sure. We talked about um, being faithful and praying, and then also um, how Darius was like pilot. Like pilot. Right? Pilot. Yeah. yeah. He wanted to give him release. The other thing is, um, we didn't talk about it, there's a seal, right? Yeah. Darius put a seal, and Pilate sealed it, but he also put soldiers on. So it's not identical, but there was a seal, because they know. You see the seal, you better not touch it. This has been signed by Pilate. Don't come near it, because your life is at stake. And the same things here. Here is the seal being put on. And, of course, the next morning, there's deliverance brought about. It doesn't seem like Pilate... Tried as hard as Darius, you can tell that Darius really just struggled. Had such strong friendship with him that he was heartbroken that he couldn't do anything. And absolutely right on the money in the in that sense, uh, Pilate did not want to condemn Jesus, but he gave in to the crowd, just like Darius did. Also, finally, ultimately, Darius had a bigger uh, audience with Daniel. Pilate only heard of Jesus' miracle, but never witnessed any, never communicated with him. Did Pilate's wife say don't do anything? Yeah. So that is really correct. Was, she had dreams. She yes. had dreams. That is correct. Yeah. And so, um, and you know, you think of all of the scripture, how it all ties together, but it's very helpful for us to see you know, the great deliverer that Jesus comes to us because he, they, uh, uh, Daniel uses the Son of Man also. 
And that was the favorite words of Jesus to be called the Son of Man. And Daniel uses that. Mark catches that very well also. All right. Um, here is where we need your uh, input. So, what, why might have Darius newly appointed satraps for his newly expanded kingdom? What, what are satraps? Well, there are different positions in the kingdom. Okay? They will oversee a group of people. I am a vice president. Okay? We use that term. Okay? But in the olden days, they had satraps. They were specifically entitled to specific domain of things. Prefects. What the actual thing that they did, we don't know. But that's the terminology they used. Some of this Aramaic is not Hebrew. And so the translation, you know, we, I mean, we have some things we just don't understand. But the one thing that I will say to you, whether we understand how to translate it or what they did, they had position of authority. Because if you looked at earlier in the scripture, when we read it, there was 120 of them and Daniel was above them. Okay? So, with that in mind, with the question for us is this. Um, what is the uh, point that Daniel, why might have Darius newly appointed satraps for his newly ex- uh, expanded kingdom why would they want to do this? What was at stake right here for them? Well, because it was expanding. It said it's a new expanded kingdom. Right. They need more people to watch Correct. everything. <laughs> yeah. The satraps to help him govern. Because even for me as a pastor, right, I cannot visit everybody. I have elders, Right. We have counsel. We give work outside, um, <clears throat> you know, to, uh, to grow in God's grace. Uh, any kingdom, I mean, even, even in the U.S., look at the cabinet of the president, right? I don't know how many people he has, but he has tourism. We have um, military. We have traffic. We have commissions, you name it, spokesperson. I don't know all the business they have, but you can tell they have a whole bunch. Well, that is to run a kingdom because the king is on his throne and he deals with issues, you know, like I deal with issues. However, um, there are some things that it needs to be brought to the king. Like he would not write down, he would have a scribe to give him what had taken place that day. Well, you know, those are some of the things we do. And uh, the kingdom was uh, enlarged before it broke down. And so uh, it is very important to realize that you need help because, A, you can't do everything by yourself, right? One of the great blessings we have that God set in place is marriage. Okay? How often do you need Ben or Ben needs you? Vice versa with all of our spouses, right? Uh, so that's, that's very important. Okay, in the ancient world and even the Eastern world today, age and experience are highly regarded and honored. Might this have played into Daniel receiving his new position and why? 
what you're thinking about. I picture him as being young. Well, he had been serving. We are think, uh, I think we've discussed this in an earlier chapter. And he consistently found favor with in all the kings. Because he was faithful. Uh, we are, uh, according to many scholars wiser than I am, they think he was between 80 to 83 when he was doing these things. Well, you remember, he was taken as a young man, right? Yeah. I guess that's why. Okay, so we'll assume he was 16, 17, and to travel by foot over a thousand miles, or maybe even 3,000 miles, how long do you think that would have taken? Okay, we don't have chariots. They would have walked. The soldiers would have been riding horse or camel, but most of the, um, what's the word I want to use? The captives would have to walk. Then you had to feed them. Then you have to rest them. It could have been a year or two before they got to Babylon. And who knows how many thousand died before they got there. So that's one thing. And then once they got in there and they established them and they went through the three years of training, it's already 25 years, give or take. And then he served. How many kings did he serve in between? We talked about some of these already. You know, we don't know the specific. We do have, um, if you take a look at the timelines, and every chapter has that. Um, so... Um, you, so you, you talk a lot about, you know, the different areas and the different times, um, you know, this is all broken down well, by... And the handwriting on the wall, he was kind of retired in a way at that that's point. That's right. right, he was already he was, removed from the service. So this is kind of chronological, so this happened after yep. the yeah. writing on the wall? Yeah. So he's probably 80 Somewhere in that neighborhood. I can't give you 100%. I'm going to run to the office. I'm going to get something. My voice is going to crack. Give me one second. I went to my own. I'll keep that for if I need a second one. I have what they call fisherman's uh, friend. It really is good. It soothes. Um, so, in the ancient world, how does this hel- uh, uh, help in Daniel's position? What might be something that really stands? He's older and wiser, so people. Thank you. Older and wiser. I don't know where I was yesterday. 
Oh yeah, I was visiting a couple that's going to become a member of our church yesterday. And I made the comment, when I was a kid, <clears throat> and an elderly person would come into our home, we automatically would stand up in the house. As soon as they walked in, we would rise up and we would bow our heads. Mm-hmm. We sat listening. We didn't interrupt the conversation if the elderly are spoken. And of course, you have that in the scripture. Uh, rise in honor of the harried uh, or gray-haired person. So we have that. Why is it? Simply put, because if you lived more than me by one day, you are smarter than me by one day. And that's a very true thing. And uh, my uncle used to say, if you know another language, then you become another person. Think of Daniel. Not only does he know Hebrew, but he knows the language of the Chaldeans. So he has two different languages that he can make and bring in the wisdom that is, get, uh, that is revealed in here. And so... Uh, When you look at Daniel, his age, his wisdom, and above all, his trust in God really is paramount in what he is doing right here. What was the position Daniel is given and what reasons given for why he received it according to verse 2? What does that tell you about Daniel's character What qualities did Daniel exhibit, do you think? And you can look at verse 2 in the translation up there that will help you in your handout that I gave. So if you look at verse 2, right? You can read the translation, you can read it in your Bible, and then see what is, um, what is being discussed right here. So he's one of three high officials. He was, the, yeah, he was above all of the others, right? right? He was the one who was put in place to oversee all of these people, right? What were they supposed to do? Not only uh, not to get in trouble, but not to lose expense, finances, or anything else. Okay, I'll share this. My son, Tony, he's the senior vice president of First Premier. He has over 200 people that he oversees. But out of those, there's about 20 people that report directly to him about what is going on in the bank. So he oversees that. Tony can't be in all of them, but they give these reports. He reads them, says this is well, this is not well, improve this. So he has somebody that he goes to. This is kind of what Daniel is in this position right here. He is in a position that his role and responsibility is to make sure that the economy of the king is continuing to grow. This is why the translation, so that the king does not suffer any loss, okay? That's one. Number two, 
Laws in case there's an enemy that's trying to attack the kingdom. Somebody has to oversee that, and he would have to uh, forewarn the king, okay? And verse 2, over them would be three overseers. Daniel was one of them who would be the ones to whom these satraps would give a report, and the king would not suffer any loss. The kingdom needed to remain standing, and so Daniel was in the position like a buffer zone to the king to protect him, both physically and everything else, as well as to uh, make sure that uh, the wealth of the kingdom remain what it is to be productive. Okay? Because if that is neglected, then there's no gold, and there's no currency to do all of these things. So to be in that position, you had to be really someone with a specific, um, you know, uh, position to help you understand. So, um, would what does that? Would he have been over the military too? Uh, we don't. Yeah. It it is a possibility, but he was the top tier. Okay? okay, whether he was just over the palace, it could be that somebody else. You know, I don't know because we don't know. The scripture does right. not tell us, but there is a very good possibility. He and the others uh, in charge would have had a committee and met and discussed and did all of these things together. Uh, what, does that, <clears throat> what does that tell you about Daniel's character? He's powerful. He's trustworthy. That's the word. Trustworthy. And I might add also faithful. Okay. Because he wasn't thinking of himself. And you will find that out shortly with all of the others about how they looked at it. Okay? Uh, what qualities did Daniel exhibit, do you think? And of course, all of us can think differently, but what kind of qualities? Integrity. Thank you. Important, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord said, if you are trusted with little, you can be trusted with much. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard me share this story, whether I used it in a sermon here or maybe in Bible study. It's a story about a pastor that who came to a small community and he went to the grocery store to buy something for his house. And the person at the till happened to give him a quarter extra. So he sat in his pickup and counting the money says, oh, this man made a mistake. He gave me an extra quarter. Should I go back? Should I not? It's only a quarter. Why should I go back? He kept debating and finally says, no, it's not mine. I'm going to go back. So he went in and talks to the man at the counter and says, sir, you gave me um, a quarter too much by mistake. And the man said, no, not by mistake. I am the owner of this place. And I wanted to see what kind of person you would be. And he gets back to the pickup, bows his head and said, dear Lord, forgive me. I almost sold you for a quarter. 
you wouldn't think a quarter matters, but if you are, if you have the integrity of a decent say, that quarter is not yours. That's what Daniel had. He's trustworthy, he's faithful, he's honest. You can be truly uh, proud to have a man like this as your friend because you know no matter what happens, he's going to be there for you and you can trust him and you can go to the bank with his words. And that's very, very helpful for us. How does the king intend to reward Daniel? And what does that say about why Christian people today are often uh, given position of trust? He planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Very good, but why? Why would he want to do that? Thank you. No corruption in him. He had an outstanding spirit. Um, if you've been to any of my classes, whether it's catechesis or morning Bible study, you've seen me draw the two table, two table of stones for um, the Ten Commandments, right? Have you seen that? So I always put uh, table one, commandment one, two, three. I put a trinity on top, man on the bottom, and I put a straight arrow. And then the others is the other way. And I often say, if your relationship with God is good, then your relationship with your neighbor is going to be good. If your relationship is not good with God, then your relationship is not going to be good with man. And that's where the outstanding spirit is because he was so aligned with seeing his God right before his very own eyes. So he, his vision was so clear that he could see this. Um, and the, the king wanted to promote him because he knew if he put him in that position, he would look out for the king's benefit and not for his own, Right? And that's where integrity comes in. That's where um, the spirit of humility comes in. Um, So, uh, how does uh, the king intend to reward Daniel? We just answered that, but by promoting him to the position of authority. What does that say about why Christian people today are often given position of trust? What do you think? Why do you think that would be? Because they're not working for men once again. And when you do things with your coworkers, and for that reason, there's lots of um, bad traits like jealousy, envy, and things that pop up when you work for yourself or try to get your promote yourself. Yeah. As Christians, we are to be light and salt, right? We are supposed to be trustworthy people, correct? 
which is to to do what God has called us to do, to do it faithfully and to share the best that we can in a godly way to protect. You know, if you're working for somebody, you don't want to steal from them, right? That's, they trust you. So to be put to be put in a position like this is to say, you know, we are doing what God has called us to do for the purpose of caring for the people that we're doing this. Okay? So I'll use this, and this is not to boast that I am so good in what I do because God knows I'm a sinner, terrible. But again, if we were to, let's say we were, uh, we did a job that we were supposed to paint three coats, but two coats covered it. Well, I didn't do the third coat. I would need to deduct that from the people because they were supposed to pay me for the three coats. Well, if I, ch- if I charge them for the three coats, what have I just done? You stole I stole. I stole. And that's not trustworthy. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, we as Christians stand out because we have a heart for serving God. And when we serve God, we serve neighbor. What's the difference between me and somebody else or between you and somebody else? When you walk with God, people notice the difference. People that don't care, you can see their work. It's sloppy. They don't care if they get it done. They don't care if they waste time. There was a carpenter I used when we'd have stuff done up in North Dakota. I didn't know he was a Christian at the time. He just I'd heard good things about him and stuff. And so we'd had him do a lot of work for us. And I went to visit my sister in California a few years ago, and she's the one that's an atheist pretty much. <laughs> and I was saying about how Gilbert, he said, yeah, he uh, he had this job, and he had given him an estimate but he realized he didn't use that much wood and it didn't take that much time and did it. So he deducted. He deducted it. And she goes, well, where does that ever happen? So I just tell her the story. I didn't say, I said, in North Dakota. Because she, <laughs> she was always knocking the Midwest. Sure. <laughs> she couldn't believe that. But again, yeah. but again, it's, it's that humble trust mm-hmm. of saying, I'm not working for you. I'm working for God. Right. Okay, you know, a long time ago, and I still have it, I have a plaque. It says, work for the Lord. The pay isn't much, but the reward is out of this world, which is very true. I mean, we are not going to get millionaires by being servants of Christ. That's not what God called us to do. But we will be rich beyond our wildest imagination in the kingdom of God. And that's very helpful for us. So um, question seven is what Michelle touched on. What was it that stirred up their animosity? Who is really behind all of this and why? Before you answer it, think clearly. The first part will be easy to answer. The second part may take a little bit more. him possibly being promoted to a higher position was causing lots of jealousy with the other guys. That's the word. You talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. And remember who he was. What? 
a foreigner, and now he is over them. Okay? Can I tell you a story? This is real. I came to this country in 1972. In 74, I started working at a place called Metz Baking Company. I don't know if you've ever heard of that company. They used to make Danish rolls, pecan rolls, and everything. I started a dollar, um, I don't know, 65 or something, and I thought that was very good money. And then the new position came open, and I bid it, and I got it. And that raised my uh, salary by a dollar more. I was getting 10 cents less than the foreman. He's been there for God knows how long. I've been there for two weeks, and I'm making 10 cents less than he does. He hated my guts. I'm not going to say his name since it is here. But, so one time I go up to him, because I try to do everything, but he just hated, hated my guts. You can, he looked at me with vehement eyes, just hatred. So one time I went up to him, and I said, good sir, if you had an opportunity to do to me whatever you like, what would you do? I won't use his terms, but he says, I will take a shotgun and I will blow your face to pieces. You can, you can put all the other adverbs and adjectives you want in there. Uh, this is clear. I said, I feel so sorry for you. That's what I said, and I walked away. But, Did he get better then? <laughs> huh? Did he get better? Oh, yeah. No, he didn't get better. No, no, no. But I just said, you know, you can't win. I mean, he was not satf- satisfied with his life. I don't know where he's at today, but I just said, I really feel sorry for you. Because mm-hmm. I never did anything for him. But I was a foreigner. Mm-hmm. And within two weeks... I was almost on the same level he was, and he had been there 13, 14 years or something like that. Talk about jealousy. It's easy to do, and we see these right here. And, of course, we see this also in the life of Jesus with the Pharisees and the scribes. Why? Because all the people followed Jesus. And they said, look, the whole crowd is going after him. They could not stand that they had no control to bring the people to them. But the people followed Jesus from miles away. And so it's very, very important. You do have to just feel, like it just, it hurts my heart to think of people like, like that man. Or, you know, like, these people, how that jealousy, because you gotta think about their heart and how, you know, they're probably miserable about a lot of things. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like they make a big deal about it if you're a foreigner. Well, you have to remember, I'm a Palestinian. No, I mean, oh, yeah, but but that's in anywhere, even here. Right. Even here, I mean, yeah. I haven't been, in the Midwest, I have not been uh, prejudiced against me a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's there, but I don't let it get to me because I have a different outlook on life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
was going to say the mindset of the people, it just is very different, you know, yeah. because when you have jealousy and envious, boy. I, I think it, I think if you're jealous, then, then, like, if you have a jealous heart, then, then your jealousy feeds off mine, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Where if you have a calm heart, then... Well, this is why we surround ourselves with godly people. You know, um, we'll close with this one just about uh, 8 o'clock here. I guess I've, I mean, I've had friends that had a lot of money and up in North Dakota, they were wealthy ranchers and stuff, and it never bothered me. I was just, I guess I didn't understand the jealousy that people get of other people's, whatever they own, because it's like, I'm happy for you. If you could do this and make it, you know. Right. How do you? How does that? How is that defined in a in a person? Like that's a true question because some of us find happiness whether you know even right no matter we could all be Christians here, yeah. mm -hmm. and I am like that too where I have like genuine happiness for people when good things come to them. But then I, you know, then the next person, like, I'll use my daughter. I'm trying to figure out how I teach this because I thought modeling it would be... I was going to say, talking out loud and saying what you're thinking yes. really would help. <laughs> yeah, and I should start doing that because we're seeing jealousy our older daughter in, like, to the, like, um, we share a birthday. It was um, Monday the 1st, and I had special time with my younger daughter, which was so fun. I got to go on a date with my husband for lunch, and then after school, I picked up my older daughter, and we had special time together. And um, she picked out something special, and she said, but what does mommy get for her birthday? I said, oh, baby, so much more than you can buy me in the store. I got to have special time with you. I got to go have lunch with Daddy. <laughs> I got special time with Mia this morning, and she said, "You had special time with Mia." <laughs> oh, that's, what, that's what you picked out of all that. That's what you got out of that, like, you know. But the, and it's not just that one, you know. It's like somebody else had a sucker. Well, instead of being happy that they got a treat, she's like. Why don't I get a <laughs> right? no. She She is young, though. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to condemn her. However, adults are, are like oh, too I've got to tell you this, okay? So I bought I bought my pickup, okay? So I got a nice pickup, right? That's beautiful. Thank you. Somebody said to me, oh, we pay you a lot. Like, I, like I just, I just say thank you. I didn't, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. I just said thank you. Okay, but here is the point. No matter where we are at in life, there is always going to be those who are going to be jealous of us. I don't care what it is, whether it's your look, your wallet your height, your length, whatever it is, your husband, your home, your car, whatever it is, people are always going to find. I think 
This is just my opinion. Uh, Augustine said it very well. Our hearts are restless until they find the rest in thee. 